friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us for this hour as we have a very interesting program today and a full house. Today you'll be able to meet some new people um, today and say hello uh, to them. You know, I always like to ask you from the beginning to be part of this program, and you can send us a text message to communicate with us. Um, unfortunately, you cannot call because we haven't got yet uh, somebody to take calls direct, but you can communicate with us uh, via um, SMS. And the phone number where you can uh, send those text messages, it's 04-888-808-11. Don't hesitate to do that and maybe say hello where you are listening from. Yeah, another light is beautiful, cooling down today. We had a few days of uh, heat wave here, but um, it's much better here. But we have people from Melbourne where uh, they are actually struggling right now with some fires over there and uh, all those things around. And people from Western Australia too. And we have also from the country here. I will introduce them uh, one by one now and I will say hello to Marius Rigaud. Marius, it's good to have you with us. It's good to be here, Nick. Hey, Marius, uh, I'll come to you a little bit uh, later just to uh, and ask you maybe to introduce yourself a little bit more because you are for a special, uh, you know, appointment here in uh, South Australia in Adelaide. I'll come back to you, but I'll go to David Alima from Family Voice Australia. David, welcome to the program. Lovely to be with you, Nick, and everyone else here in the studio. Well, David, it's uh, the director of Family Voice Australia, and uh, he works with uh, South Australia, Northern Territory, and it's lovely to have David with us uh, on Fridays because uh, David is going to share with us a bit on the World Watch uh, segment. Also, I'll have here two uh, wonderful ladies, uh, Naomi and Emily, with a health nugget, as we'll call it. Yes, thank you. Um, it's great to be here again, isn't it, Em? I know, the week has flown by. It has. You are off in Melbourne to a wedding. Congratulations, Josh and Sophie, your brother. Just on that wedding thing, you know, I will ask you a little bit if you want to talk, but I would... I was not even expecting um, know, Emily I, to I make it for today, now. but uh, yeah, she yeah. arrived in time and it's good to have you with us. Yes, Naomi, you're going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say we've got our beautiful uh, friend, uh, Jo Lang from Perth on the line, and she is my mentor. She's an amazing um, health uh, uh, practitioner, and she's also an LE, which is a literature evangelist. How are you, Jo? I'm very good. Hello, Naomi. Hello, Nick, and everyone there. Now, hi there. Good to have you with us there from uh, Western Australia. And I'll come to you just in a moment uh, because we may want to talk about uh, health uh, to start with uh, because we need a little bit of um, rejuvenation <laughs> with all the stress of the week, with everything going on. But we have somebody else here, and I know I haven't asked that to introduce her, but I want to say hello to her. And this is uh, Lia Giga. How are you, Leah? I'm good, thank you. Well, Leah, it's uh, Marius' mom, and uh, they're coming here with the whole family. I was expecting Costel to be here also, but um, he'd take a nap maybe. <laughs> he, he had a long uh, flight. Uh, luckily, that, he did, that didn't come from Europe, you know, he came just from Melbourne. 
Um, but it's good to have you with us all here. As I said, I uh, have a full house and uh, I believe it will be a very uh, interesting program. My dear friend listening today, why not to join us and um, uh, say hello, uh, ask a question, uh, make a comment. And the number is 04 888 This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. All right. Well, uh, uh, right now, because uh, we have people uh, from uh, Western Australia waiting on the line, and um, I would love to uh, move now right into the health uh, minute. And Naomi, over to you. Please take us through. Thank you so much, Nick. Yes. Yeah, so, Joy, thank you so much for joining us from Perth. And we know you've had terribly hot weather, so we've just been praying for you that it'll get cooler. Um, can yes, you... it's a, a relatively cool day today in Perth. It's only 38. <laughs> only 38. Isn't that funny? We're sort of 44, yeah. 47. Wow, amazing. Exactly. Now, Joy, I know that you've been, had a wonderful, um, wonderful times of, of helping so many people in terms of nutrition and their health and at the moment you're you're running a program in Perth which is called Best Way which is a wonderful um, nutrition based um, program to do with weight management can you tell us a little bit about that Sure, we, we call it um, Losing Weight God's Way and it really is an amazing program because it combines the three elements of who we are we're physical, spiritual and mental and um, what we do is we in- introduce people to Jesus in a very relevant way because we introduce him as their friend who can actually help them with their weight loss um, problems, with their weight problems, and that can give them the power and the victory to overcome. And, and so we teach them, it's very practical, we give cooking demonstrations, um, we teach them you know, the right things to cook, we give them recipes, we have health lectures. And the very powerful thing about this program is um, people, um, we put them into small groups and they, they spend an hour in small groups just sharing um, how their week has been, um, learning how to apply what they've learned in the lectures into their practical lives, into their everyday lives. So it's very powerful. And each participant gets their own helper that they can call on during the week mm. if they're struggling. So, yeah, it really is a very powerful program. That's wonderful. And I know from uh, having worked over there, with, I mean, that's where I used to live. And um, so it's it's such a wonderful program. If you are in Perth, um, uh, we can get uh, Joe's details to you to find out more about that. But we would love to get Joe over here to perhaps help start a best way here. Now, Joe, I just wanted to ask you, um, we, we hear about um, different tips for weight loss and weight management, but what would be your number one tip? Look, I think it's got to be um, eating a, an adequate, nutritious breakfast because that's really going to set you up for the day. And I mean, I know it might sound counterintuitive. People think, well, hold on a minute. You know, if I need to lose weight, shouldn't I be eating less? Mm-hmm. And yes, to a certain degree, that is true. But breakfast is one of those meals that we, or is the meal that we do not want to skip. That's amazing. And what would be um, uh, a good breakfast that you would you would uh, prescribe to people? Okay. Well, I would definitely recommend starting with a whole grain. And these these are things that are so simple you can make at home. So something like um, brown rice, for example. I just cook up some brown rice in the rice cooker, and I would have that as my foundation. Then I'd put um, some nuts and seeds on top. I'd top it with. Um, seasonal fruit and, and have a bit of plant-based milk and that is a really um, healthy breakfast but not only that, that whole grain is going to keep you fuller for longer 
So you're not going to, um, you know, in a few hours start feeling peckish and want a snack. And that was the other thing about having that really good brekkie is they've done studies and shown that people that do that are much less likely to snack because you think about it, if you skip brekkie, you know, you just, when when would you get hungry? You so, get hungry you know, about 10, 10 o'clock. o'clock. Yeah, and you'd have those exactly. sugary things. And then, yeah. yeah, and then you're, you might be at work. So what are you going to eat? You know, you might go to the shop and get something that's not hugely healthy. And then are you going to feel hungry at lunchtime? Well, probably not, but you might just eat because it's lunchtime. So you're not having a really good nutritious lunch either. So really having breakfast just sets you up for the whole day of eating well and just having that success with your weight loss goals. That's wonderful because, I mean, I've heard that old quote of, you know, breakfast is a king, uh, lunch is a, a prince and, and, and dinner is a pauper. Does that, is that what you uh, prescribe to as well or subscribe to, I should Definitely. say? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I would suggest that some people say, look, I just don't wake up hungry. Mm. Um, and I would say to people like that, look at your evening meal, look at what you're having at night when you're having it, because that's critical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're having a massive meal at sort of, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night, yep. you, ch- chances are you, well, you're going to get a really bad night's sleep, but also you're not going to be waking up starving hungry. And, and so we just recommend um, that people have a light meal in the evening. So it may be, you know, some fruit. It might be a small plate of steamed veg. It might be a smoothie, something light so that when you wake up in the morning, you're really hungry and you will have that, you know, adequate nutritious breakfast. What if people say, "Um, I don't have time for breakfast? What's your tip for recommending for that? Well, um, my tip for that would be to eat. We're going to share a recipe soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to have something that you can quickly take with you. And if you are going off to work, you know, you might have the luxury of being able to eat at work when you get there. But yeah, just have something that's convenient that you can have on the go, but that is still nutritious and it still is enough in terms of quantity because that's the key issue here. We want to have a good quantity um, as well as it being nutritious so that it sets us up to wait, you know, that we can then wait that whole, you know, five or six hours till our next meal and not feel hungry. That's wonderful, Joe. And I've seen Joe's breakfast and uh, her husband often says, don't get between Joe and her breakfast. <laughs> and I've seen it. It's Correct. massive. And Joe is is tiny, tiny, tiny person. And she just, yeah, she doesn't put on uh, a weight this way. It's incredible. You would just, so you have to try it at home. Now, do we have any great recommendations of what you would have for breakfast, Joe? that you, any recipes that you would like to talk about? Yeah. So I'd like, I'd like to share with everyone, I call it the breakfast cake. And the beautiful oh. thing about this recipe is all of the ingredients are things that you would have normally in breakfast. So, for example, um, we've got rolled oats, we've got some sultanas, walnuts, blueberries, and you're just going to combine all of that with some wholemeal flour into a cake, mm. which you can then just slice up and just grab and eat that on the run or when you get to work. But it's it's nutritious. Wonderful. That's and the main and thing. Em, you've got those the quantities of that. Could you just read that for the listeners? Yes. So the measurements for the breakfast cake. We have half a cup of desiccated coconut, half a cup of grape juice, one cup of rolled oats, one and a half cups of wholemeal plain flour, one cup of sultanas, one cup of walnuts chopped, one cup of frozen berries, one cup of soy milk and half a cup of honey. That's amazing. And what? How? What's the method, Joe? What would people do for this this quick okay, breakfast so cake? This this is so easy. Your children could make this. And how cool would that be for them to say that they can have cake for breakfast? 
So all of those ingredients you just want to put in a bowl and stir it thoroughly. Then pour that out into a greased um, cake tin and cook it in the oven 150 degrees for one hour. That's and you're done. Wonderful. And what else have we got, Joe? Crunchy toasted muesli. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, this is very delicious, and um, I feel like I'm spending my life making this music because every four days I have to make a new batch for my husband. So um, it's very economical, very delicious, and very filling. So do you want to um, give us the ingredients for that one, Em? Yeah. Yes. So the crunchy toasted muesli, we have the dry ingredients. Um, We've got eight cups of rolled oats, one and a half cups of almonds chopped, two cups of shredded coconut, and for the wet ingredients, two large bananas. Um, it's great if it can be overripe, that's even better. And one and a half cups of pitted dates soaked in hot water till soft um, and then drain off. And half a cup of water. Fantastic. And what's the method, Joe? So you literally just want to get those um, dry ingredients, so the rolled oats, the almonds, the coconut, just mix that together in a bowl and then put all the wet ingredients in a blender or food processor. The great thing about this recipe is there's no sugar. Um, you're getting your sweetness from bananas and dates, which are whole foods. So um, excellent for weight loss. Um, so your wet ingredients, put in a blender, blend that all up, mix it into the dry ingredients and, and thoroughly work it through so it's all, all mixed in Wonderful. nicely. Then you just want to spread that out on a um, baking sheet, pop it in the oven. Now, the, the idea with this is it needs to be a very um, not a hot oven because you're going to bake it for an hour and a half. Uh, so you want it to be on 120 degrees Celsius. So you're just, just going to cook it slowly. You don't want to burn those oats. And uh, I'm telling you, that will not last long. Wonderful. And what, listeners, if you want that recipe, you can text text us on 0488-80811. Thank you so much, Joe, And um, we really appreciate it. And, good, and all the you're best. You're very with, welcome. God bless with all the things you're doing in Perth. Yeah, thank you thank so much. You, you thank you for joining us and looking forward to uh, catch up with you some other times. Thank you, Nick. Goodbye. Bye-bye. God bless. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Yes, and we thank you, the Adventist World Radio, for their support. They do a wonderful job all around the world. And, uh, yeah, they, we are partnership with them and... Uh, we like to thank them uh, also during our program. All right. Uh, right now, I think I may go to David Lima from Family Voice Australia. And um, David, uh, what do you have up in your sleeves today? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, there's always something to give concern to the Christian community. And a current issue of uh, great concern to us at Family Voice is this attempt by the federal government to really clamp down on freedom of speech. Now, they're doing so in the name of protecting the community. Beware those words. The World Wide Web, as we know, is a very dangerous place, and there's a lot of rubbish on the internet, some tremendous good stuff, but a lot of rubbish. Uh, But the question is, who decides what is good and what is rubbish? Mm. And when we've got governments deciding what we should and shouldn't hear, we really need to sit up and think, because we've really got to make these decisions for ourselves. It's not government that should be controlling our minds. It's our families and our churches giving us wisdom Mm. so that we can discern the truth. We don't need to be told what to believe by governments, and we've been hugely let down, I think, especially on issues such as the the COVID pandemic 
and climate change. Those two issues come to mind as recent examples. But we've got this combating misinformation and disinformation bill that's currently under consideration by our federal parliamentarians. It's a matter of great concern because it will put pressure on the organisations that host social media Mm -hmm. and other platforms to remove ones which the government, through its uh, instrumentalities, regards to be purveyors of disinformation. Right. Now, we've seen how they've clamped down on free speech when it comes to things like climate change and the COVID crisis. Uh, We simply cannot trust our governments to somehow know better than everyone else. Governments have been proved wrong time and again. And what we need is freedom of speech so that anyone can put out their ideas. Okay, put it on the table. Let's let's see the evidence. Let's argue the merits. But once we're shutting down people that the government thinks is not sharing what is in the national interest, we've got a real issue. Mm. So that's our, our current issue of concern, Nick, and I do encourage the listeners to look into this and to make contact with their members of parliament and say, uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. We are perfectly capable of looking at evidence. We can make up our own minds about what is the truth, and we don't want government saying this may be said and this may not be said. Yes, indeed, indeed. And those things, you know... Um Always concern uh, concern us. I mean, even here broadcasting, you know, uh, during as you said during the uh, COVID situation, uh, we we need the, to be you know careful what you say, what you do, because there are all sorts of uh, sayings, you know. <laughs> and but mm. as you pointed out, I think as human beings, we have uh, that right to make decision exactly to make decisions. And it's important to make the right decisions to be well informed rather than coerced into something. Exactly. And uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for sharing on that. Any anybody here in the studio would you like to comment on what David was uh, just saying? Well, typically, whenever uh, governments get involved to silence certain voices, I mean, you just look at history; it never ends well. Yeah. Um, free speech is, is very important, and if if someone is getting in there and saying no. Not just disagreeing with you. It's one thing to disagree, and it's perfectly fine to disagree with someone, but it's a very different thing from disagreeing to saying, you cannot state this opinion. Um, And when governments step in to start doing that, then history has shown time and time again that it never ends well. Mm, Yes. That's so true, Marius. Thank you for um, sharing with us. Well, uh, I think I will take a short break right now, uh, have a song, and then uh, we'll come back to hear a little bit more from Marius and uh, for what we have uh, today prepared uh, uh, on our uh, topic. Uh, But uh, here we go. We have a a song today, and uh, uh, this is the mystery of mercy. We'll be back soon. Don't go anywhere. I am the woman at the well, I am the harlot I am the scattered seed that fell along the path I am the sun that ran away And I am the bitter sun that stayed My God, my God, why hast thou accepted me? Thirsty King, my God, my God, why hast thou? 
by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. This is Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita. And today with us in the studio here, we have uh, Marius Rigao, our main speaker. Uh, we had just heard about the break uh, a little bit from uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia on the World Watch segment. And uh, just before that, we have Naomi and Emily sharing on the Health uh, Minute with us. But it's good to have you with us, my dear friend, today. And um, as I said a bit earlier, please don't uh, hesitate to send us a text message to connect with us. And the phone number 04-888-808-11. That's the number where you need to send a text message today. And um, we'll be very happy to receive that. Well, I uh, want to come now to Marius and uh, uh, Marius, just uh, just a um, couple of questions for yourself, because uh, you are not a stranger to Faith FM radio. I hear you quite uh, often on the on this um, network. You produce a program. What's that program? Yes. Yeah, so um, I uh, produced the Is It Relevant Today? Um, program that uh, typically airs on Sundays, Wednesdays, uh, on Sabbaths, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes early Monday. If you check the program guide, you'll be able to find it. Uh, and I know that you also you have a like on YouTube. People yeah. can go on YouTube and um, visit your. Uh, yeah, so each of um, the show that each of the shows that I make have a uh, corresponding YouTube uh, video, so that way you. I figured if people want to share the message with their friends or to be able to watch it again or to see any slides that are associated with it, that way they can uh, search uh, my name, Marius uh, Jigau, and is it relevant today? 
You have uh, to spell that for us. <laughs> <laughs> Probably if you go for it, it is relevant today, yeah, it, they will for, find it. it. Yeah. yeah, if you search for is it relevant today, um, mm. it will, you'll find it. But if you want to uh, talk to Marius, uh, he's here in Adelaide uh, for this weekend because he's the main speaker for uh, a gathering here with all the churches in uh, Adelaide. Why not to come and uh, see Marius uh, tomorrow at uh, starting from 10 o'clock? Uh, that happens on uh, 185 Frederick Road, Seton. And I think that's the Christian Family Center, something uh, like that. We hired that location. Is that correct, uh, David? Yeah, Thank Christian you. Family right. And uh, now, Marius, uh, you are on Faith FM. You, um, you talk about it, it is relevant today, but you are here for this um, special occasion. You are invited to, to speak here. Um, can you give us a hint or something? What will uh, you will say tomorrow? What you'll share? <laughs> um, so. The thing that I'll be looking at tomorrow is, is related to the times that we're living in. Um, we're going to be looking a little bit about the things that we're observing in our world today. And also we're going to have a, a little bit of a look and compare that with how things were in the days of Noah. Wow. That's very interesting. That will tie very well with uh, our program uh, here, even what we are going to talk a little bit um, later in a few minutes, because we are um, under this theme for the whole week, uh, prophecy, the Bible, and Nostradamus. I mean, people, uh, I believe they heard all of these things. And we approach uh, some of the questions like, um, should I trust Nostradamus? Another question we had uh, was, how reliable is biblical prophecy? Then, um, how specific is biblical prophecy? It's just uh, like Nostradamus uh, kind of thing, or maybe 50-50 can happen, or, uh, you know? I think that was a very good question, and... Uh, if you miss some of those programs, my dear friend, always you can go on our website, faithfm.com.au or having the app on your device, Faith FM Australia, and listen back on all those programs. Just the other day, uh, we asked this question, did Christ trust the Old Testament and the ancient prophets? And uh, again, that was a really good question. And uh, um Today, actually, Marius, we are going to talk a little bit about how can I understand Bible symbolism. Mm. And you just said that uh, tomorrow you will uh, talk a little bit, a little bit about the times we live in. Yeah, it's interesting that, um, as you said, that this ties in with what I'll be speaking about, um, the theme of prophecy. One of the things that I'll be exploring quite a little bit uh, tomorrow is the very first time prophecy. In the Bible, mm. uh, and it's one that most people don't expect. It's one that when I first—I mean, I'd been a, a Christian for oh, what thirty years—and I had no idea about this. It's one. It's a verse that you read it, and it—you'll never think it's a time prophecy, and unless you you see it and you unpack it. So, yeah, this is one of the things that we'll be looking at tomorrow. But today. Uh, we're talking about symbolism and symbolism in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is something that I've heard a lot of people speak about this. And many times I hear um, people are a bit confused about what 
is symbolic and what's not symbolic. Mm. So one of the questions that I have often come across is how do I know what is symbolism and what's not symbolism? Because some people will sometimes take things that are uh, not designed to be symbolic, that are simply uh, stories, and they'll try to uh, twist it and add a um, symbolic theme to it mm. uh, and completely miss the, the point of the story. Well, that's a very good point, actually, because particularly when you talk about the prophecy in the Bible, um, God worked it out in this way to have certain things to be understood through the symbolism. Mm. It's not just that plain. And lots of people will say, but why is not, we, we read it as it is in the Bible. And then you put a, aside books in the Bible like Revelation, like Daniel, and other the small prophets, yeah. just because they contain some of that symbolism. Mm. But the good thing is that God, having left us in the darkness, he told us in the Bible mm. how to interpret those symbolism, how to understand what exactly what you just said, what is symbolism, to what that refers, and that's why it's important to know the Bible, not just to hear here and there from the Bible. He gave us the, the keys to interpret uh, biblical symbolism. But in, in answering the question, how do I know uh, if something is symbolic or not symbolic in the Bible, the answer to that is actually pretty simple. Right, it's um, the vast majority of the time when you're reading passages in the Bible, it's quite obvious to you as you're reading the passages whether this is symbolic or whether it's not symbolic. Right? If it's speaking about a four-headed leopard with four wings, mm. right, you know that this is obviously symbolic language. Right? Um, if it's speaking about, you know, the that you are the body of Christ, right? Mm. And if the hand would say to the ear or to the eye, right, you're obviously, you can tell by the way that it's written that if symbolism is implied, and we have this in everyday language today, uh, we have symbolism that, that we use, we have uh, a number of things that well, one does that, that are very symbolic, and people, it's, the Bible is the same, you can fairly easily determine what's symbolic and what's not symbolic simply by reading mm. Okay, um, when you say that we have those even today, I mean, through some symbolism, uh, we understand uh, a message which uh, it's intended to be um, passed on. Yeah, so if we I was to, if I was to uh, go up to a, uh, a lady and to give her a red rose, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there's, there's something that's implied there, right? Uh, red roses, you You'd know. You'd be in trouble. Well, yes, if it wasn't my wife, <laughs> I would right. be in trouble. <laughs> Very much so. Right? But, you know, Valentine's Day just passed and I gave uh, my wife a, um, it was actually a box of red roses, right? And she straight away knew mm. what, what I was trying to say through that, right? And now it's, it's a symbol because we know that red roses are associated with love mm. and this is, it's a symbol that's clearly understood. That's very good. Um, and uh, I hope that your wife uh, lis listened today. And, uh, she being, said she is listening. Be so. encouraged <laughs> that, uh, yeah, you had that in mind, you know, uh, when you, because sometimes you can do things and um, even routinely and people wouldn't understand the meaning, but 
actually you pointed out that what you had in your mind, you know, and probably even what you expected, you know, because sometimes you want to offer something and people are not there, you know, in their, um, you know, to understand the, the um, what you're trying to say. Yeah, what to try to say. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, um, time is going very quick today, but I want now to come to our offer because uh, every time uh, we have an offer for our listeners and my dear friend uh, listening today, that's an opportunity for you to grab this free offer. And um, we want to thank all those people who are uh, supporting this because nothing comes for for free. We offer it as a free gift, but nothing comes for free. Naomi, would you be able to talk uh, a little bit about the offer which Absolutely. we have for today? Yes. So we've got a wonderful offer today. You need to call uh, or text to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And uh, what what we're going to offer today is a wonderful book by Pastor Kenneth Cox, which actually Mark was one of my father's favourite uh, ministers to listen to when I was a child. And today we, we, he's got a book which is called In Four Winds of Revelation. And um, it, it, you know we, we know today if you turn on the TV or open the internet browser without there's, there's so many catastrophes happening wars, turmoil, natural disasters floods, fires, droughts, tornadoes everything, the world seems to be coming apart at the seams and we know that 2000 years ago the Bible predicted that all this would happen. Um, if the Bible was right about this then then what else does it hap- going to say that happens next? So that's why it's really important to read this book that Pastor Kenneth Cox has written. It's incredible, examines the Bible and exactly what the Bible says about the crisis that we are facing now and what's to come. So what we want, we want to know that there is hope and that Jesus is coming. So even though that sounds like a very heavy topic, it's very important for us to know, well, what what do I need to do to prepare? And there is a code for it. Do you want me to give it now or later? Sure. Now okay. let's do it now. Da-da, drum roll. Okay. So it's it's SA, which is South Australia, 204. So SA. Two zero four no spaces and that number again is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Thank you so much, Naomi. That's um, really good. And my my dear friend, you know, I want to stress out this thing. When we offer this, uh, it's not that um, we have too much stuff and we don't know what to do with it. We want you to benefit of this uh, wonderful, uh, uh, you know, books and uh, whatever DVDs uh, you may ask for, and to understand him better the word of God because as we talked a bit earlier with Marius and I'm coming to Marius in a moment the word of God is not so easy just at first look to be understood actually you can misunderstand the whole message in the Bible in some parts of the Bible just because you don't understand the context and you don't know how to interpret and how to put things in the context today we are uh, talking about uh, about this um question how can i understand bible symbolism a question about uh, symbolism in the bible Uh, and the one of the things that i've also uh, come across uh, is the idea of why why does the Mm. bible even use symbolism that's a good question Mm. right um why doesn't it just very clearly and just obviously state things straight out without any symbolism altogether I actually had someone ask me that the other day at a Bible study. Why? So what's your answer? Hmm. Well, there's actually uh, numerous answers to this. The first um, answer to this, it's simply that um, symbols add color. Mm. Uh, 
symbols add emotion. And, you know, you know I, I was reading an article where it was saying that the Bible could simply say that uh, Satan is evil, right? But it doesn't say that. It says that Satan walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, right? Mm. So here you get the... Um, the it conveys the idea that, you know, that Satan is evil, that mm. Satan is dangerous, but it also, it paints a picture mm. of, of who he is. And the symbolism will many times draw us in and um, make us part of the story that's, that's actually uh, unfolding. And it adds a lot of color mm. to what's happening. Mm. Mm. The um, other thing that the other reason the symbolism may be used is to um, protect the writer. Uh, I was going to ask you that because people often talk about that, like, you know, if it actually spelled out everything in the Bible that we know um, against uh, different uh, principalities or people or or uh, traditional uh, religions, that maybe the book, the Bible might have been destroyed, even though God would not have let that. What would you say to that? Mm. Well, if you look at um, times when uh, Daniel wrote, for example, right, mm. uh, it wasn't the Jewish people w- weren't in charge. It was the Babylonians that mm. were in charge, right? So what, what you wrote could be misinterpreted by the, the mm. power of the time, and you could be in trouble, right? If you look at the New Testament, the New Testament was written in a time when the Romans were quite oppressive to the Jewish people, mm-hmm. right? If they wrote something that the Romans considered to to be dangerous or considered to be hinting against them or considered to be speaking about them, they would very quickly eliminate these people and uh, try to eliminate the message that they were sharing. Mm. So it's for this reason that um, people like John, right, mm. when he wrote Revelation, right, he writes this while he's in prison, mm. right, when he's... In a, uh, he's isolated from society. He's in prison, and obviously the, the guards there can see what he writes. Mm. Right? And if he's to speak anything that they perceive to be against them, he could be executed. That he could get in in big trouble. And mm. he needed to finish it, didn't he? he needed to finish mm. Revelation. Yeah. What do you say when when people ask, um, uh, like, does it also help us to to deep dive ourselves? Like, we really have to go hunting for the treasure and be really immersed in Scripture. What do you say when people talk about things like that? Yeah. So um, symbolism, and another reason why it's used is because it selects the audience. Mm. Right, um, the audience. God has written a book that it's it's not just a book; it's a living word. And the more the deeper you dive, the more precious pearls that you find. And God has written it in this way that those who are genuinely seeking, those who are closer to Him, can see these um, a different way of interpreting the things that He writes and. Uh, Deep messages that can draw them closer to him. Can can um, be uh, this also associated with what Jesus? Jesus was many times speaking in parables, and I know that um, one passage in the Bible when the disciples came to Jesus and said, "Why are you talking in parables, Jesus? Why you don't saying say things plainly as it is?" And uh, I can't think right now of the passage in the Bible. Mark, uh, Mark 4.11, it mm-hmm. says, To you it has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, they get everything in parables. Wow. That's a very interesting uh, aspect. What because Jesus that? is trying Mark to protect. Mark 4.11. 4.11. Mm. 
you know, Jesus is trying to protect. And I think in other parts of the Bible it says that because you have a heart to understand. Even to Peter says later on, you know, not the blood reveals that to you, but the Holy Spirit, because you have a heart to allow God to speak to you and not to twist around. And I think it says there that if they would would have understand certain things, they can twist it around for their mm. perdition mm. and yours. Yeah, so it, it's actually what you bring up, because I, I know when I first heard of this idea that it's a symbolism is used to actually hide, essentially what it's doing, it's hiding the message from some people, and you think, why would God want to do that? Why would he want, why wouldn't he just give the clear message to everyone? Mm. But the truth is that not everyone wants to use the message for the same purpose, oh, right. right? There can be people who, if they had an understanding of this, they would use and twist and manipulate that to attack the people. So mm. God has written it in such a way that the people who read it and the people who are genuinely seek it, seeking it, it's to them that it's open. But it's those clear. who are actually just seeking to use this as a way to attack the, those ones that are seeking the truth, to them it's hidden. So there are none so blind who cannot see. Mm, yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned this aspect about the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. that uh, everything what is in the Bible actually is to help us to get closer mm. to something amazing which God prepared for us because we walked away from God, we disobeyed, we sinned, and we lost that connection with God. But God decided to come down to pay the price for our uh, disobedience. And then he's trying to tell us, you know what I want now? I want you to understand what I'm saying when I'm saying don't do this or do that. Like in the Garden of Eden, when God says, look, you are free to eat from every tree in the garden, but, and that but stirred, you know, the, the mind of the people and thus today for everyone. When we hear that thing, don't, mm. we try to see why, why? Mm. and we try to do things. But you know what? God is preparing the kingdom. But in order for us to be there with him, we need to prepare ourselves here. We need to make sure that we are not going there yeah. In the, with the same uh, well, character. Well, that's the thing. Someone put it to me the other day. Well, if you're not spending every day with Jesus, why would you want to spend eternity with him mm. in heaven? And I thought, really well, good, point. good answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, sorry, you, yeah, you were you saying ahead. Um, about how this is there to, to lead us to the kingdom of heaven, right? The way that the Bible is written, it's ultimately, it's a book that's it's trying to get us to develop a relationship with God so that we can live eternally with him. Uh, and I was thinking this brings out another point of why God uses symbolism. Mm. And it's to try to describe the indescribable. Oh, what right? does that mean? Because the Jesus comes here and he's trying to describe the kingdom of heaven. But the kingdom of heaven is so foreign to us, so unusual, so different than what we're used to, that as Jesus is here his his uses words you know he says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed mm. right or the kingdom of heaven is like yeast or the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl he's trying to use this symbolism to convey 
um, meaning of something valuable, of something that grows. He's trying to get us to understand something that we through our sinful nature, have excluded ourselves from. Mm, that's a good way of putting excluded because people often think, well, why doesn't God just let us do this, that, and the other? Why? But it's mm. because we've actually excluded ourselves. That's a great way of putting it. Mm. Absolutely right. Well, uh, we have uh, maybe uh, five, six minutes uh, left here, but I want again to go to the offer if we could um, sure. uh, for a moment because yes. I like my dear friends not to miss out there. And uh, we're still waiting for your messages to come through. If you like to ask uh, Marius maybe a question, mm. he may answer on the spot he or um, we'll look into it and um, give you an answer uh, later on. But I like to just mention here that Marius is the main speaker for uh, gathering here in Adelaide, South Australia, uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. And that will go uh, probably two sessions up to... Uh, 12.30. That's right, and there's lunch in between, so if you want to come, bring, yes, bring lunch bring, and bring a, a picnic, picnic with us. Yeah, and then absolutely. we'll have an afternoon uh, short session there too. The address is 185 Frederick Road, Seton. That's it. And the place, I think, is called uh, Christian Family, Christian Family Christian Center. Family, yeah. Waiting for you to come there and meet uh, Marius. Marius had a lot of story to share. I'm pretty sure tomorrow he will mention something. He comes from a background which... I'm keen to do some recordings with him in the footsteps of Jesus to learn about his story a bit more in depth because I know that Marius uh, has a big story to tell. Uh, Marius comes also from um, background like in Romania. That's something which is uh, we, share um, we share together. Oh. Uh, the big difference is that he, he hasn't got that accent, accent like uh, <laughs> like myself. Well, I but was eight when I came here, so it, uh, oh, and I was 35. Off. That's a difference. Uh, people start to work now the age here <laughs> but hey look time is going quickly uh, Naomi can you yes, please just course. share with us the offer yeah. which we so have for today so it's an offer of a wonderful book called In, in Four, Four Winds of Revelation and it's by Pastor Kenneth Cox it's an incredible examination of the future of past events and future events to come if you'd like that please text us now on 04888 so that's 04888 Eight zero eight double one, and the code today, everyone, is SA South Australia two zero four. So that's SA two zero four. No spaces. Thank you so much, uh, Naomi. Uh, Marius, so, uh, uh, would you be able to just uh, bring it together? Yes. Yeah, so um, as we wrap it up, I just wanted to look at one last thing that uh, symbolism does for us. Uh, symbolism is used by the Bible many times to help us to actually realize the situation that we're in, help us to realize the um, risk that we find ourselves in and to help to bring us back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, a very clear example of this is uh, the story with uh, David and Nathaniel. Nathaniel comes and he tells him um, the story, you know, there was once a, a poor person who had one little lamb and, you know, he loved that lamb and there was a rich person who took his lamb for uh, for his feast and, you know, what should be done for this person? And David's anger is aroused and he said, that person should be killed and he should restore mm. the lamb fourfold. And Nathaniel says to him, you are the man, right? Mm. So here he's using symbolism mm. To get him to realize just to realize his hypocrisy. Yes. Right. And many times we find that the Bible uses symbolism to help us 
realize the things that we hide away from ourselves. Right? Mm. We are uh, often try to we run away from God, mm-hmm. but we do it in such a way that our mind deceives us into thinking we're doing nothing wrong. For example, well, many times we try to say, "Oh, try to find excuses for what we do." Oh, you know, I'm doing this to uh, to help this person. I'm telling them this so that they can change their life. When in fact, you're just saying this to gossip and to oh, uh, yeah. highlight. You know, so that there's yeah. many times we deceive ourselves into what we're actually doing. And mm. as we read the the Bible, and often symbolism makes us realize that, hang on a minute. This is speaking about me. Yeah. Right. These things that I'm doing, it's like it says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It, it cuts right through our excuses as it did to David. And it shows him, hey, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And I love the story of David because when he was shown who he was, he didn't continue to try to excuse it, which he could have as king. Mm-hmm. He could have said, who are you to speak to me like yeah. this? Get out of here. Yeah. Right. But he didn't. When he listened, he listened. He um, felt sorry and he repented of his sins. And yes. It's for this reason that the Bible, that God describes him as a man after his own, own heart. heart. Mm. So, in order to, to wrap it up, symbolism isn't something that we should be afraid of. Many people, they, they don't know exactly what to do with it. Symbolism is something that's used in the Bible. It's something that is quite obvious when we see it. And most of the time, God shows it to us in a way that when we are genuinely seeking mm. Him, that it helps us to draw nearer and nearer to Him. And it, qu- quite often people say, well, Revelation is a closed book because of that symbolism. And do you find that that will stop people from, from reading it? What would you say to them? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say to them is, uh, Revelation is the revealing. It is a, um, it was written in order to reveal. And symbolism explains itself, right? If we read the Bible, God gives us explanation for the symbols that, that we find therein. So the book of Revelation, people sometimes are afraid of it. And because it is quite scary and it's uh, difficult to understand, but when one approaches, um, symbolism in the Bible, we need to approach it Humbly, mm. we need to approach it prayerfully, yes. and we need to approach it with an open heart. And when we do, these secrets that are kept from the wise will be open to us mm-hmm. so that we can draw into a closer relationship with God. And not have a private interpretation. Mm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone here, for your contribution today. Our time is up. Uh, I wonder if we could say just a short prayer. And David, would you be able to pray for us? Our Father, we thank you that the book of Revelation gives us that wonderful symbol about our Lord Jesus. His eyes were like blazing fire, and out of his mouth came a double-edged sword. And so we do worship you and thank you for Jesus and pray that he will be revealed to all of our listeners. We recognize this wonderful symbolism that's given, and may that be used by your Holy Spirit to shake us up to come to that realization that we need to profess faith in him. So bless each one of the listeners. Draw each one to yourself, we ask in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. My dear friend, uh, please join us next time because we are continuing uh, on this um, kind of uh, thing, the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. We're looking forward to see what we can learn uh, next time. And till then, may God richly bless you. Have a wonderful walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.